everybody, it's Pilar. I wanted to let you know that this week we experienced a little bit of a technical difficulty and we didn't realize it until after we recorded the episode. So please forgive and enjoy the episode anyway because the content on it is really good and our guest was wonderful. All right, here is the podcast. My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script. I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it. I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot. I even got a famous classic case of writer's block. Get it out of my head. 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 Get it out of your head. And onto the page. Get it out of your head. And onto the page. Welcome to On The Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On The Page. Joining me today is Vincent X. Kirsch. It says Vincent X. Kirsch. That's correct. There's nothing wrong with Vincent X. Kirsch. I love that. Mm-hmm. What is the, can, can I ask what the X stands for? Well, what do you think it stands for? Xavier? Yes. Ah, that's it. yes. That's it. Well, when, when I was a little boy, I... um. I kids used to beat me up because they thought that I made up the name Xavier. They had never heard of a name that began with Xavier. So I had a lot of I suffered a lot for the name, but it stuck. And then when I became I became a published author, I mentioned to my editor that I wanted to write under a pen name. Uh-huh. I, I actually wanted to write under a woman's name. And she said, people you people would come up with the name Vincent X. Kirsch as a pen name. Yes, they would. You would not, you're not giving that up. They absolutely, I totally agree with her. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Wow. Those kids, let's find them. Yeah. Okay, so Vincent X. Kirsch, just, he gave it away a little bit. He is an author, an illustrator, and a designer. His black and white and color illustrations appeared regularly on the pages of the New York Times book review and op-ed pages, the Washington Post, the LA Times, and a wide array of, of magazines. An editor at Bloomsbury USA discovered one of his illustrations in the New York Times book review and thought it a perfect match for children's books. And since that time, Vincent has landed in the very happy land of creating and illustrating picture books, chapter books, and middle grade fiction. His books include Natalie and Natalie, Two Little Boys from Two Little Toys, The the Chandeliers, is that right? The Chandeliers. Noah Webster and His Words, which won the uh, Golden Kite Award in 2012. The Freddie and Ginger Snap books. The whole story of the donut, which would be like Pilar Alessandro required reading. <laughs> um, can you find Pup? How I Learned to Fall Out of Trees, which is just beautiful. I just got to, to take a look at it right now. Can Pup Find the Pups? And Coming in the Spring, From Archie to Zach. And my favorite, Extra Ezra, which will be out in a year, right? A year, oh yes. Mm, Yes, next spring, spring 2021. Wonderful, you guys. If you have children or just are interested in, in children's books in general, you have to look at some of these books. They are beautifully illustrated, and they're also just really good, you know, as a, as a parent. There's nothing worse than a bad kid's book. Yours are the kind that you would want to read over and over again. Congratulations on all this, Vincent. Thank you, Peter. All yeah. since 2008, right? Uh, yes. All, all, I started this career at, 
when people were starting their second careers. And it, it's actually what I started, I pursued it. I moved to New York many, many years ago thinking that's what I was going to do. And it took many, many years to get into it. And I had given up and thought it wasn't going to happen. And then once I gave up and thought, this is not my reality, uh, an opportunity opened the door. They call it the Dr. Sue syndrome. And I, I used to, when I was pursuing this, I would bring my portfolio around and my samples. And the editors would always say, oh, you're one of these people who are probably going to have something similar to the Dr. Seuss syndrome, which is Dr. Seuss, um, he, he, he was an advertising illustrator, and he had written a few picture books, and he was bringing them around to publishers, and um, nobody was taking them no one was picking up on them. And so what he did is he was on his way home and he was going to have a cocktail and burn his manuscript. He turned the corner and he ran into a friend of his from Dartmouth who basically was now working in children's books and said, Ted, do you have anything that could be a kid's book? And so he said, yeah, I've got this thing, but I'm going to go home and burn it. He said, no, give it to me and I'll bring it into a pitch meeting. He brought it into a pitch meeting and it became what I saw on Mulberry Street. And that's, that's the Dr. Seuss syndrome. And mine was that I had given up and I was doing the illustrations in the book review and the editor said, this, you know, I'm, the art director said, I'll be leaving the book review. You have one more illustration. And I said to him, I said, why don't you give me something? Because he had always given me very dark um, because my illustration style is kind of um, uh, um, uh, like German expressionist. Mm -hmm. So everything was very dramatic and dark. So I said, why don't, you, why don't you ever give me an article, something happy set in Italy? And so I didn't hear from him for two months. I thought, oh boy, that was the wrong thing to say. And then he, one day, uh, an article popped up on my fax machine, and it was about two boys living in Italy and about their adventures as twins in Italy. And so I illustrated it, and that was my last illustration. It was a color illustration, and that's what the editor saw. And a couple days later, she called up and she said, oh, let's do kids' books. But it was one door closed, and the, the door that I had dreamed of threw itself wide open. Isn't that so funny? It was a great I would say, you know, at least a quarter of the guests on this show have described this, this Dr. Seuss syndrome moment. Um, you know, as far as their own screenplays, their own teleplays, that idea of like, I'm just, I'm just giving up. I don't care anymore. And there's right. something about letting go, yes. right? Yes. That let, kind of lets the right creativity in when you're not trying so hard. It sure. doesn't mean you should give up, but if like maybe part of you, is the desperation is going, you know, maybe that helps. Well, well I think you also learn that um, your life story isn't what you're writing, it's what's being written for you. Mm. And so you think you know exactly when everything is going to happen. And only looking back, you see how everything is linked. Um, William Blake talks about this golden thread, how like the, through your life, they're weaving this golden thread. And you don't see it going forward. But when you look back, you see the golden thread connecting all of these things that led to where you are. And I love that image because that's exactly the way it is. You don't see it forward, but looking back, you can see it. For example... I was working at Bergdorf Goodman. I was a window designer. And I happened to have heard a story many years ago about when I was doing the windows about the Goodman family that lived on top of Bergdorf Goodman. And there were two little girls 
who lived in the family, and they basically, when the store was closed, they'd run around and raid the ice machine and raid the kitchen and, and play, you know, move the mannequins. And so when the opportunity came to do my first book, I went back to that. But I never would have dreamt when I was doing Windows at Bergdorf's that I would someday turn it into a book and make up my own Bergdorf's. And because I was the window designer and the visual merchandiser and the interior manager, I knew the department stores inside and out, so I could actually design a department store. I never dreamt. I would never have, if you, if you would have asked me when I was doing Windows, you're, one day you're going to do a book about this, I would never have believed it. So, <laughs> so you never know. Right, exactly. And actually, that's, you know, people are listening and probably going, well, that's all very good, but we write screenplays and teleplays, and that is true. But Vincent, of course, has this wealth of material that he's taking to another step and is d- adapting it for TV. Um, so he is currently in my class right now, my writing the first draft class. And actually, it's the se- second time you've taken it, right? Yes. I was like, what are you doing here, Vincent? <laughs> I failed the first time, so no. I had to repeat the class. No. Oh, but as we were talking, um, and you were telling me you know, uh, about your, your career as an author and illustrator, there's so many people who are interested in children's books, um, and I'm always interested in the marriage of different art forms. You know, how does one affect the other? How do you learn from the other? And Vincent went with that and actually wrote out a list. Mm-hmm. And we love lists here mm-hmm. and on the page. And one was five things I learned from picture books to write a better screenplay. And the other was five things I learned from screenwriting to make a better picture book. So I thought maybe we would start with five things I learned from picture books to write a better screenplay. Okay. Okay, because a lot of people don't know about picture books. We do talk about screenplay a lot. So the first one, five things I learned from picture books to write a better screenplay. One, don't preach, entertain. So what do you mean by that? Well, okay, so it's what happens is kids, kids can see right away when they're being preached to, when they're being told what to get out of a book. They're smart, they're very smart, and they're observing everything. So what you, the, one of the things, the best things, like, like when you see a book that preaches, the kid right away is like, oh yeah, I get it, I know, I know, I know. And then you know it, and it's like one dimensional. But when you, when you entertain them, mm-hmm. they basically have room to figure, out, to figure it out and then they may come to a different conclusion. And often when you meet kids, when you leave it open like that, and you don't preach, you don't tell them what the book is about, they will come up with things that you did not even know. So why preach what you know when you can learn what the kids know by letting, letting go of that? And you, you mentioned, too, that, you know, so the, le- the reader comes to their own conclusions, but this, this is also for adults. Yeah. As you're writing a screenplay, you don't need to preach to a reader. A reader, if they're entertained, gets it, yes. right, and comes to their yes. own conclusion. Yes. Number two in, in five things I learned from picture books to write a better screenplay is write from experience and memory. What do you mean by that? Okay, so if it happened to you and you haven't forgotten, forgotten it, something about that needs to be told. Mm. And um, I all, what happened is in my most recent book, um, How I Learned to Fall Out of Trees, I had taken an idea that I had had many years ago, which is about one 
one kid does things amazingly well and the other one admires this kid. It never really had a heart. It never really had, I mean, it was a lovely book and people loved this book, but I knew something was missing. So in one of my, I took a writing class at UCLA and the idea was to take an existing work and re totally turn it upside down, rethink the, the entire project. So I took that book for Scythia and me, and I incorporated two elements from my childhood that stood out and that were really traumatic. One was that I lived in a town, my dad was a lawyer, and we were not going to move. But it was a factory town where kids would move in, be there for three years, and move out. And I would make friends with these kids, and they came from exotic places like Detroit and Pittsburgh <laughs> and, and these amazing places. And I would say, well, why can't we ever move? And we weren't moving. So I'd have to, I, I had a hard time losing all of these friends. And the other thing is that my older sister, Kate, loved to climb trees. And I was terrified of climbing trees. And so I combined the two. So I drew upon two memories that, that were traumatic and that, that um, were difficult for me. And out of that came this book where I basically said, you know, one character is moving away, and before she moves away, she's going to teach her friend how to fall out of trees. And I thought, gosh, you know, this is really going to mean something to me. And it did. So, so drawing from memory, making it something real, making it something that you are a specialist in. You're a, you're a specialist in your feelings and your memories. So use them. And that's why you were given I loved I, that. I just got to read that book, and that's called How to Fall Out of Trees, right? How I Learned to Fall Out of Trees. How I Learned to Fall Out of Trees. And it is all about how you learn how to let people go or how to say goodbye, but to have the very practical lesson of this girl teaching this boy how to fall out of a tree. Mm-hmm. If he's going to learn how to climb, he's got to learn how to fall, yes. you know, is really wonderful. I mean, it's, it, 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 it just... You know, by the time that he lands, it's a it's a soft landing, right? Yes, yes. It's so great. So this idea of writing from experience and memory. So how did you like? I'm I'm curious. You took a class with me once, and in this class, things have changed a little bit, so that we start with an yes. inspiration yes. of to connect to the actual story you're writing. Do you find that it, oh, it helps? Pilar, that was an epiphany when you asked that question. When you started the outline with that question it, it I mean I was so happy to see that because I had never seen that in anything I had I, in any writing book that I had encountered you start out the, the basic question is I experienced may, may I share yeah, what sure. it is it's okay I experienced or went through or or um or noticed something and you you write down what the thing is and then you say and it made me think what if and then you come up with with a, a next step. Oh, it was, it was great. It's, uh, it's, it's become like my new favorite thing. I, I've, I've gone through all of these projects of mine, and I'm just coming up with like memories now and saying, what would they spark? And it's t- sparking such genuine projects that come from my memory and my experience. Good. I'm oh, so great. glad because this Excellent. was the first class I tried that oh, with. And I've been delighted. The, the pitches that people are giving yeah. are so much... <laughs> they're just better, you yeah. know, because they come from this true place. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant, brilliant. Number three is get the reader to want to turn the page. So this is what you've learned from picture books yes. to, toward writing a, a better screenplay. 
Okay, so in picture books, we have this thing called page turns. Mm -hmm. And page turns are basically cliffhangers. And so every page, it has to, with words and with images, get the kid to want to turn the next page. And it's really an art form. And um, because you basically, you, you, you're taking them along and you're keeping their interest. You're keeping them engaged. And so I become the master of cliffhangers. <laughs> and um, and I, I, I'm, I'm also taking a playwriting class. And in every, we have, every week we have to turn in six pages. And I end every six pages with a cliffhanger. And, I, and the, the, my fellow playwrights, at the end of every scene, they're like, so what happens next? <laughs> so I really, reali- I really realize that that's every six pages which is, you know, in, 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 a, in a proportion of a play is like one of the 32 pages of a picture book. So I have learned that, that you want them to turn the page and you, and, and, you, and you can create, when you turn the page, you can totally change the world. You can be on one page and it's a night world and then you turn the page and it's day. And that has a dramatic effect. So again, applying to screenwriting is that when, I, when I'm writing uh, a scene, I'm thinking, okay, what's going to be an interesting contrast to the page I'm on now? So that's how I've, I've incorporated Beautiful. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. The next one is The Secret Power of White Space. Again, learning from picture books. Okay, so with white space. I love white space. As an illustrator, I think it's so powerful to leave some space, and this applies also to wordless pages. Every so often, like I'll throw in a wordless page, like in this in my book Extra Ezra. And it's not my book; it was written uh, by uh, someone else. But when you um, at that point in the story, I needed to have this character all alone on a white page, walking off because he was despondent, and you you couldn't you could say. You know, Ezra walks away, he's very lonely, he's very sad. But all you got to do is show a character on a white page in the corner walking away, and it says so much more. So white space is powerful. It creates distance, and it creates space, and it also lets the, lets, gives, gives the, um, the reader some time off to kind of like imagine and, and, and fill in the space, so to speak. And, and the same applies with screenplay because we're always talking about more white space on the page. Mm-hmm. So what we mean is exactly what you said, that breather, that pause, that adjustment, that tonal adjustment sometimes, or moving down the page where we can see these isolated moments, and by isolating them, it becomes more dramatic or more important. So, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting yes, that, that yes. you're doing the same thing in a, in a picture book. Right. How cool. Yeah. The next one, and this is number five of five things I learned from picture books to write a better screenplay. If you show it, you don't have to say it. So this is the biggest, biggest lesson for picture books, I think. Um, and it, when a writer sits down and writes a picture book, they think they have to say everything. And when an illustrator gets that book, if they've been told everything there is to say, then there's no room for them to show it. And what my favorite exercise is, is taking a manuscript and then start visualizing it and realizing it 
realizing that the illustrator is going to come up with their own solution here. So I don't have to say it. For example, like, like a, a, you would say like a little boy walks down the street holding a balloon. He's wearing blue trousers. All, every single word. In, in picture books, you try to get it down to 200 to 300 words for a picture book, 32-page picture book. So you've just now, that's 25 words. You're using up words. So get rid of those words and let the illustrator show it. Let it be seen. And as an author and illustrator, when I write a book, I'll write a book. And then when I get to the end, I'll go through and I'll cross everything out that I'm going to put in the pictures. And I'll have a really, I'm really getting very good at 200 word picture books because it's all, in the, I know what it's going to be in the pictures. And now what's really great is I'm able to send a manuscript off without any pictures. And they know that Vince is going to fill in a whole lot of pictures here. Isn't that so cool? And it, I mean, it, talk about going hand in hand with screenwriting, right? The whole show don't tell kind right. of thing. And this crossing off that you do, mm-hmm. right? This, this wasting of words that mm-hmm. you're talking about, right? We, is what we do in editing when it comes to editing action lines, mm-hmm. right? Or editing, editing descriptions of rooms or worlds or all this sort of extraneous stuff that's keeping you from the story you want to tell, Correct. right? That you really focus visually on the thing you want to show and the dialogue that comes organically out of it mm-hmm. rather than wasting all those words and all that reading time on something that could be shown. Correct. Nice. Correct. And you can also, the other thing is, you can also say other things that have nothing to do with what's going on visually. You can sometimes say, for example, um, for example, that little, that picture I described, a little boy with a balloon walking down the street and was wearing this and that. All you have to say is, it was the perfect day to be outside. And it has nothing to do with little, it, it based, but it says so much more and so much more engaging than, than telling telling us exactly what we're seeing on the page. Now, the, 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 the difference here is that I'm, I'm working on an early, early reader series called Can You Find Pup? And what you have to do is, because it's an early reader, kids want to, they want to read what they see. And so that's teaching them how to read. So, for example, the book begins like, Tate likes to draw, Pup likes to play, and you see Tate drawing and you see pup playing and for an early reader that reassures them in their mind that they're reading the right thing so that's a totally different kind of book that is and that's and that's so that they can also read along eventually right yes it's kind of like the old dick and jane books a little bit right right um right (laughs) which i hated as a kid (laughs) but i mean it, you know, there have been different versions of mm-hmm. that in every generation. Yes. And the idea of, you know, a kid and a pup yeah. and that they both like these different things. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're now going to go to, we're going to go to five things I learned from screenwriting to make a better picture book. Okay. The last one was five things I learned from picture book, books to make a better screenplay. So it's five things you're learning from screenwriting to make a better picture book. I, I find it cheering that even with all this content, that you're still learning <laughs> about your craft, mm. even though you're clearly so good good at it. So as you're learning screenwriting, it's actually helping you be oh, yes. even, a, even a better author-illustrator than oh, you already yes. are. Oh, yes. That's incredible. So tell me, um, the first one is, uh, I'm going to say it wrong, uh, in, in medias res, mm-hmm. in medias res, start in the middle of an action. So this is, this is a brilliant thing that I learned. Um, after making several mistakes of not following this, 
you start a you start a book in the middle of the most exciting moment possible. So you don't start saying, once upon a time, there were two little girls and they lived in the castle. You start with like when the castle collapses. And it's so much more exciting because you, they're going to figure out that two little princesses lived in the castle eventually. Mm-hmm. And you're, 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 as a writer, you get to find a new way of introducing that information and dropping it in in a, in a not subtle way, but immediately drop the, the reader or the... the, the um, yeah, the reader into a an adventure. So, I, I, but ever since I've learned that, it's been my new favorite thing. And the other thing is about the word count. When I'm reading when I'm reading people's manuscripts, I'll find that most interesting moment and I'll cross out everything before it, and usually end up saving them a hundred words. And I'll say, now start start at this moment because they're going to figure it out because the illustrator is going to draw two little princes in a castle you know, on the end pages, and then you'll see that they, they, the castle collapses. So you don't have to say anything anymore. So I, that's a very important thing. And I think it's also true in film. Absolutely. Absolutely. The whole come in late, leave early thing. Yes. It's, oh, yes. Right? That's great. That's and we, a great way. And we start on, we often start on action in, in these, these sort of opening teaser mm-hmm. moments. And then we might sort of settle in and, and work up a little bit to another piece of action. But that idea of coming in on something exciting that gets your interest yes. that also embeds genre, yes. right? That's yes. interesting that you would do it in a kid's book as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, when, when it's impl- you can tell right away. You can tell right away when a book begins that, that it's already begun when it starts in this media's rest. So I, I, love, I love this. And I, 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 I recommend if you're writing a book, Go through, if you're writing a picture book, go through and find the most exciting moment and leave everything else off before it and start there. So, like, going back to, I'm going to say it wrong again, but let's see, how to fall out of trees. How I learned to fall out of trees. Going back to that book, the very first page is about his friend leaving, right? right? And and it's, uh, you know, when, when this boy found out that this girl was going to move, right? And right. it starts, that's yes. the first page, it starts on conflict. Right. Now, did we need a whole setup of how they became friends, what they did as friends? No. no. They, we start on that yes. and immediately it gets our attention and that's where the story goes. And, and it starts with an emotion, too. Mm-hmm. There's an emotion. Immediately, he's dealing with loss and that's, kids love that. Like, throw, throw them into an emotional situation and they will... And they'll have to um, they'll have to they'll have to cope and, and figure it out by the end of the book. Yes, th- that that was that was my classic. That that was the book that I really refined this immediate res, and I was so proud of that. And and I, there was build up to that. There were I had written a whole lot of pages about Roger and, and Adelia as what they were like as friends, but I buried it, and you'll see it in other parts of the book. So. That's my that's my example of how this works. That backstory will come out yes. in how they talk to each other and the choices that are made yes. Yes. following this piece of conflict. Yes, great. The next thing in Five Things I Learned from Screenwriting to Make a Better Picture Book, characters need a flaw. Yes, well, I my one of my faults in the past was I made perfect little characters that were perfect little everything. And nobody is perfect. And imperfections make a character who they want to become. So I cannot stress enough to get rid of all of those goody-goody characters 
and give them something, an Achilles heel that's going to move the story forward. And I, when I look at all of my goody goody characters and even, you know, before I learned and I learned this in your class, this flaw. So I never I never thought about flaws when I was when I was starting starting out in picture books. I thought books had to be um, perfect. Kids had to be perfect. Having been a perfect kid myself, <laughs> I, I and, and literally I, I I sit down and I write. Okay, what are my flaws? And I'll ask my siblings, like, what were my flaws? What what, what was wrong with me when I was a kid? I think they have a whole list for you. <laughs> yeah, um, I, and they make them up, but they they aren't real. So, so yes, so start with a flaw. Characters need a flaw, and it, it's a strength. And you you teach that in your class so beautifully. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, I I think that's great because also kids then identify right. Mm-hmm. They want to feel like. Like mm-hmm. they feel flawed inside. They mm-hmm. may be hiding that flaw, but they want to know other characters are. And that's how the reason that we lean into that in, in screenwriting is because that's how audiences identify. Yes. They don't identify with the heroic or the perfection. They identify with the mess. Yes. yes. And so that's great. That and, and, and flaws can be fun. Flaws can be fun. You know, they don't always have to be like tragic. They can, right. they can be like amusing, like this, what I'm working on, a project I'm working on now. The character's flaw, she was flawless until this class. And then I suddenly realized she likes to fix things that aren't broken. <laughs> and I thought that gave, I mean, that suddenly opened up an entire world about this character, like fixing things that aren't broken. Oh, my God. I think we, we all know people hmm. like that, too. Uh-huh. Right? Right? Oh, yes. I might be one of those people. I'm not sure. Number three, obstacles are fun in Five Things I Learned from Screenwriting to Make a Better Picture Book. Obstacles are fun. Obstacles, 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 obstacles. And I never threw obstacles in the way. I always made it kind of smooth and easy and made it like, oh, a perfectly good character, a flawless character going through the world with very little um, opposition. And now I'm realizing, oh, you know, you have to give them obstacles. You have to give them challenges and things for overcoming because life for these life for a little kid is nothing but challenges and obstacles and disappointments and 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 conflicts. So yes, you cannot get enough of these of obstacles in a book. And, I, I would imagine it also helps kids problem solve, right? Oh yes. it gives you more adventure and and if they they have to think their way through something or use a skill, right? Yes, or call back a skill that they're learning along the way in the picture book. Correct. Right. Yes. Correct. Very cool. Okay. Um, okay. And then we go to something must change or you don't have a story. This is number four. Yes. So change is the other thing that I've learned from screenwriting that there has to be an arc. The character has to start somewhere and they have to end up differently. And I, uh, in the past, before I started learning what I've learned about screenwriting, the character was basically the same at the beginning and the end. And I like it when they're, now I, I like it when they end up totally, the, the world has changed. The, the book, a book can change a life, and therefore the, the life has to change in a book is, is how I sort of frame this idea. And it doesn't have to be huge. Sometimes yeah. people... Um, think that we're talking about they have to change for the better they have to go from being weak to being strong sometimes it's like you said it's a different point of view they thought they thought there was only one way to look at something Mm -hmm. and they emerge thinking no there's a different way to look at something so and the idea is why would we be 
immersing ourselves into a story unless it had an effect on the character. Otherwise, it's just an episode. It's a day in the life. And it's interesting, but it doesn't seem to have you know, created anything. Mm-hmm. And this helps you create something. Right. And so with, again, with that page turning idea, we going back to is that you have to keep them changing. You have to keep uh, the characters changing throughout the entire book, just like the page turns, like every, there's a cliffhanger in every, every, every page turn in, in, and that so change it isn't from one to the end it's like constant change mm-hmm. and, and like you said it's small it's usually very small for example like how I learned to fall out of trees he 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 falls out of a tree and it changes him and it, and he, he's he's still sad <laughs> he's still missing her and and it's like the change is just that he did something he, he didn't think he could do, but he still feels the same. So it's a little tiny change, but it's a big change, really, if you think about it. I wonder, too, if sometimes in a picture book, our perspective on something, our change and how we're now looking at a story also counts. So I saw, I saw um, the one that's coming out, which is Zach and Archie. From Archie to Zach. From Archie to Zach. Well, I won't give it away, but we go in with thinking that everybody has one perspective, and though the words stay the same, we realize, oh no, they have a different perspective. So in a way, we're the changed person. And I wonder, like, sometimes that's the case with horror, too, right? You go in thinking it's one thing, and while maybe your characters aren't completely changing, our perspective yes. on their situation changes where you go, wait a minute, that person was X the whole time. Yes. So in a way, we are the main character. Yes. And yes. so that's, I, I think there's a little of that sometimes. Well put, Pilar. That's, that's really, I mean, for, and, and cause for in picture books, you're dealing with little kids and this is for them. Mm-hmm. So this is their journey. This is their adventure. So you're, you're absolutely right. They need to, it needs to be something that, that the reader Feels not so much, you know, the character. Yes, the character does one thing. That's set, mm-hmm. but what the reader—that's constantly changing. So. Yes, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I, I'm so excited about that particular book that I just mentioned. I'm like I said, I don't want to give it away, but really look for that in the spring. It will be wonderful for you and your children. There's a fifth topic in five things I learned from screenwriting to make a better picture book, and. It is think visually and speak visually. That's interesting. So what, what I, what, when I got my, um, my um, sc- screenwriting template mm-hmm. that for the first time, um, what, what's the, the, it's that, um, that computer program that... Uh, uh, Final oh, Draft? Final Draft. Mm-hmm. When I got that for the first time and it had the margin set and I noticed that the, the visual margin was the widest mm-hmm. and the dialogue was the shortest, I thought... This is so interesting because it is such a visual medium, and you you don't have to say much, but you can it show you. There's so much to show. There's so much to see, and so I, as a visual person, I always loved the fact that you can pack what's going on visually, but the what, what's being said and, and is very quick and very fleet, and the. Um, it, so it's a so it's it's a visual medium, and how that applies to picture books is 
you almost want to read a picture book and not look at the words and not read the words and be able to get the the um, the story from just the pictures. And this is something that that I learned years ago when I was an um, op-ed illustrator for the New York Times and different newspapers. So they would send me an article, a a rather dry editorial for the op-ed page. They would fax it to me. And my job as the illustrator was to sum up the article in a picture, in an image, so that if they do not read the article, they see the image and they understand the article. And that is like, that, that's an art form. And I remember the, the art director at the time said, not many people can do this because it's, first of all, the turnaround was like three or four hours. You had to come up with an image for an article that you knew nothing about. But it, that basically is what, what happens in picture books. You, you've got to sum up a feeling, a story, and an image. And if a kid can't read the words, they can still go through and experience the book in a certain way. It's, it's a, a good exercise when you're doing a rewrite sometimes to imagine your whole script with the sound turned down. Mm. And if, oh. if you can, you know, read it with the sound turned down in your mind, you know, is the story still being told? Yes. So it's, it's pretty much the same concept. Yes, yeah, it works. Yeah. Works. This has been so wonderful because <laughs> I, I'm sure you're bombarded by people who are like, I want to write a kid's book, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. And what you're talking about goes, I think, deeper than what people think about on a surface level with kids' books. And the marriage between that and, and you know, screenplay or, or TV, you know, you know the, the, the darkest HBO show and what you're talking about here, they... they you know, it, it's still the same kind of creativity. It's the same kind of logic, right? As yes. far as entertaining people and making things visual. And communicating. Mm-hmm. And communicating visually, mm-hmm. which is really important. And, um, and entertaining. It's, it's really, it's, it's entertaining. It's, it's all about entertainment. And you can say it's a book, but it's entertainment, Beautiful. right? Wonderful. I'm so glad that... You showed up in my class mm-hmm. and that we're doing this today. I really, really appreciate it. How do you feel like it's going with your, your adaptation of oh. the book that you're going to be presenting? Oh, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. I'm excited about yeah. it. And, and, and again, uh, like I, I also love these little teasers. I learned about these teasers at the beginning of the show. And that's like my new thing is like summing up, um, summing up in a, in a, in a, in a single episode, single scene, what the episode is going to be about. That gives me that little picture book experience at the very beginning where I can show something that will sum up what the whole story is going to be about. So if you only watch the teaser, you get a sense of what the show is about. That's the challenge I'm giving myself, but it's it's really a a fun one as a visual person. Well, if you guys want uh, Vincent's list, um, that will probably, I'll end up incorporating it as a handout, crediting to you, on my newsletter um, at a certain point. Are you okay with that? Yeah. And um, so if you're on the newsletter list, um, or if you're just on my mailing list in, in general, you you will you should now be getting these newsletters that actually give you some information and handouts and I'm trying to make them, you know, 
you know, a little workbook that you get maybe every two weeks or so. Oh my God, what a treasure that would be. It's been pretty fun. I've really enjoyed doing it. So somewhere, visits, uh, tips will show up again, I promise. And I'm also going to be teaching at UCLA this summer. Oh, I'm cool. teaching a one weekend workshop helping writers think visually. And so I'm, it's in, it's in the, the end of August at UCLA Extensions. And it's really Wonderful. exciting because I used to visit this class as the visiting illustrator. And the kids had, I mean, the kids, the, writer, the writers <laughs> had all these questions for me because they were writers and they didn't think like an illustrator. And so I, that's what this class I'm teaching with April Halpern Wayland, And we're going to teach these kids how to write Kids. Well, you know, they feel like kids, right? I feel like that about, about my students, too, and some of them are older than I am. Yeah. I, I, I feel like a kid in school, so why, why shouldn't they? So uh, what's the official title of the course so that people can look it up? It's Ad- Advanced Picture Book uh, Workshop, Intensive Workshop. So okay. um, it'll be offered in the end of August. Excellent. Excellent. Do you have to have take, taken any kind of prerequisite? Yes, there's a prerequisite class, and... Um, and if students have taken this class, it's a great class. April teaches this amazing class, and they offer it several different teachers. But um, I recommend taking the class anyways because I came up, that's how I came up with how I learned to fall out of trees in that class. And I ended up writing like a book a week. And so it's a brilliant class. And if you don't get to take my class, you should definitely take one of these class. If you're interested in writing picture books, it's and, a. And what is, what is that prerequisite class called? It's picture book. Writing. Picture book writing 101. 101, 101. Check it out, you guys. Yeah, Check good. it out. Um, also, everybody look for Vincent's new books um, from Archie to Zach, coming out in the spring, Extra Ezra in a year, and all of his other books. Um, are they? Can they all be found on Amazon? Yes, yes, most of them can. Some of them are out of, out of print, but uh, you, you can find them. You'll find them if you look for them. Excellent. And I, like I said, I just did like a quick perusal before Vincent came in, and um, I sat at the mic. I mean, and wow, wow, really, really beautiful stuff. So Vincent X Kirsch, K I R S C H. Is there? Are you on social media? I am. Yeah. I am. I am. I'm on Instagram. Instagram is my favorite because it's visual, mm-hmm. and I I give myself assignments like month long assignments like I did once a month of witches, and then I created a character named Elvinia, and I gave her the month of December. So I sort of do stories um, on, on Instagram, and that's Vincenzo X. Kirsch at Instagram. Vincenzo. Vincenzo X. Kirsch. V-I-N-C-E-N-Z-O-X-K, Kirsch, I-R-S-C-H. You're right. If that wasn't real... People would be making it up. That's very cool. All right, thank you so much. I want to. I remind everybody to go to onthepage.tv, where brilliant people like Vincent take the six-week class and two-day rewrite class and one-day TV class, and can take it online as well. So do check out whatever offerings there are. Just go to the classes section, and you'll see in person and online. Thank you again. Thank you, Pilar. Vincent, you rock. Thanks to all of you for listening. Have a good writing week.